July 2009, uh, Terry Herbert uh, went out, as he did very often. He's, he was a, a, an unemployed coffin maker. 18 years earlier, he'd bought for £2.50 a metal detector. And he went out and uh, searching for, I guess, most of what he would find was tin cans, bottle lids, etc. He'd signed an agreement with a farmer friend of his to be able to search his land. However, in July 2009, in a field in Staffordshire, his £2.50 metal detector unearthed the greatest treasure find of Saxon gold ever to be found in this country. It was of inestimable value. I don't think it has even yet been valued. How do you value something as unique and rare? I mean, something like Saxon gold, um, you can't weigh it in. You don't weigh it in for scrap. Its value isn't the value of the gold itself, is it? It carries so much greater value as treasure. Uh, and so, in, in a moment, really, uh, Terry Herbert discovered something which was going to change his life dramatically. Uh, in fact, so much so that over the next days, his search continued and he filled 244 bags with the treasure trove that he found in that field. It's interesting, isn't it, what money does? It's interesting what treasure does. Uh, that agreement that he had with his farmer friend um, became the source of much debate and conflict, and sadly they're no longer friends, it would seem, and issues about whose it belongs to and all of that kind of thing has raised its head. Uh, we can't cope very well with wealth, can we? We don't cope very well with, uh, with treasure. And so this... Uh, this particular treasure that we want to look at this afternoon, this way in which Jesus describes the kingdom of heaven as treasure, let's think about it in the light of Terry Herbert. Uh, he went out uh, and he, he went searching, but he suddenly discovered something. In a way, it's almost a story which bridges these two parables that Jesus brings to us. But at the, what is the, the continuous factor between these two stories. Let's just very quickly describe them again. One man is walking across a field. As he's walking across a field, he literally just seems to trip over treasure. That for us today seems just strange. just seems uh, weird that you would find treasure in that way. Uh, going out with a metal detector, finding treasure in, in that way is a little bit more understandable, but you know, just tripping over thousands upon thousands of pounds worth of treasure uh, is not what you would expect. However, take your mind back. Imagine what it would be like to be living in first century Palestine. Uh, before the advent of banks, before the development uh, of com com consumer systems, how did people preserve uh, their treasure? How did people preserve their possessions? Certainly, uh, technology had not de developed in such a way to protect your possessions by, by locking them away in your house. Uh, there was no technology that had been developed at that point that could really secure your possessions. If you were going on a long journey, away from, away from home maybe for some months, uh, how could you protect something? You, you lock it up behind a wooden door. Um, well, that isn't going to protect against robbers, is it? Uh, in first century Palestine. And so many, many people 
uh, they buried their treasure. It was quite a common thing, really, for somebody to go away uh, and to, for all sorts of reasons, just not come back. Uh, And their buried treasure, uh, their deposit of treasure, which is not in some bank vault, but rather in somebody's field, supposedly hidden away, uh, becomes the possession of someone else by accident. Uh, And I guess many of the hearers, as Jesus sat or stood in that group of people who were listening to him uh, explaining what the kingdom of heaven is like, I guess many of them would have thought, wow, (laughs) imagine if that was me. Now, our equivalent today, it's a kind of a chance thing, it would seem. Our equivalent today is a bit like, imagine what it would be if if you won the lottery, with the one difference that you've actually gone out and bought a ticket. You've actually gone out to try to win the lottery. This is even better. You're just walking along and you find a fortune at your feet. Trip over it. But but at least for the hearers of the day, for those who first heard this story that Jesus was telling them, this would ring some bells. This could actually happen. A life-changing discovery in a moment. Treasure. The second one, although treasure is the same kind of um, common denominator between the two stories. The second one is a little bit different, isn't it? Because the the, the character in the story isn't just wandering through a field. Um, He is actually set out with a purpose. He has gone out to discover treasure. He's a pearl trader. Uh, and, And he goes out with the purpose of trading in pearls with the purpose of discovering the best one, of of buying it and and securing his future through this treasure. He knows what he's looking for, and he finds it uh, and makes a decision on the back of that. But, But I guess that both of them have got this common feature, haven't they? At the heart of them, Jesus is saying this, the kingdom of heaven is of inestimable value. It's a treasure. It's something that is precious. One of the things that, um, that continually comes up through the Bible is, in fact, through the whole of civilization, gold has been a treasure, hasn't it? It's been a precious metal. Gold is fascinating. It's a fascinating m- metal. Have you ever f- wondered, what, what, why, why is gold valuable? Why is it? Well, it's rare. It's rare. Somebody's made an estimate uh, of how much gold there is in the world, or rather how much gold has been discovered up to now by human beings. I was shocked when I saw how much gold had been discovered. If you imagine a, a room which is 25 meters, 80 odd foot, 25 meters, by 25 meters, by 25 meters. Just a big cube. It's not that big, is it, 25 meters? Now, is it 22 yards, a cricket pitch, between the wickets? A bit longer than a cricket pitch? A room that big, square, would contain all of the gold that man has ever discovered. Isn't that remarkable? Uh, look, look, look down right now, many of you. 
look down around your neck or, or around your finger or wherever it, wherever it might be. You've got a piece of that. <laughs> You've got a piece of the 25 meter cube uh, that, that is everything that humani- humanity has ever discovered that's gold. It's not much, is it? It's estimated that, that, that mankind finds a four meter cube of gold each year in modern day mining. It's not much. It doesn't add to it a great deal. There is something remarkably precious about gold. Gold is, is pretty unique as well in that the more you heat it up, the better it gets. The more you heat it, the more you purify it, the more you burn out all of the bad bits, the better it gets. Most metals, they, they kind of uh, degrade by heating. Uh, they, they become a problem, not gold. The more it, the hotter it gets, the, the better it gets. It doesn't tarnish, tarnish rust, discolor. It, it's, so, it's, it's perfect for jewelry for that reason. It's unique, it's rare. Get some idea of what treasure is. Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is a precious treasure. It's something which is unique. It has a durability and a preciousness. Now we need to think about that, don't we? We need to say, well, what does it mean then, the kingdom of heaven uh, being precious and unique? What it means is this. That, that, that coming into an understanding of this kingdom of heaven enters us into something which we ought not to let go of. We ought not to let this pass. Uh, the message of the gospel, the, the introduction of Jesus' kingdom, is not an interesting philosophy. It's not just something which is interesting to know or, or a set of rules to observe or a pattern of life that will make things better. Jesus says the establishment of the kingdom of heaven is precious treasure. You would expect that. Why would you expect that? Because Jesus is saying that the kingdom is of heaven. Remember what we said right at the very beginning of this series? It's about the establishment of part of the goodness, part of the purity, part of the righteousness of heaven here in this world now. It's part of that, a connection, a link between heaven and earth. That's why... The kingdom of heaven is described in many different ways. It's why the kingdom of heaven is described as, as here now and yet coming in the future. It's why it's described as within us and outside of us. It's not complete yet. The kingdom of heaven isn't complete yet, but it's a precious thing. It's part of heaven established in this world now. No wonder it's precious. No wonder Jesus describes it as a treasure, something that's of huge value. I want imagine if you would for a few minutes what what your best estimate of heaven might be. Uh, And then get rid of all of the ideas of floating on clouds and playing a harp and uh, and all of those other wacky thoughts. 
what does the Bible say heaven is like? Uh, the Bible says that heaven is pure and perfect. It's filled with light and goodness. Why? Because God dwells there. It is a place of utter perfection. It is a place of unparalleled beauty. It is a place of inestimable worth. It is worth more than all of the gold in the whole of this world that has been discovered and ever will be discovered. Peter says just that. He says, those that have come uh, that your faith, these have come so that your faith, your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire. It perishes. Peter says gold is going to perish, but, but not to the ancients. Gold didn't perish. It didn't tarnish, didn't rust, didn't get burnt away in the furnace. What's he saying? There is something about faith which is of more value even than gold. It, it's more durable than gold, which seems indestructible. He's saying that the... That the that your faith, the, your, your means of entering into the kingdom of heaven, it is so perfect because of this, because it may be proved genuine and may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. You know, treasure, precious things in this world are a little indication of something far more perfect, something far more durable something of far more value and worth, which is the presence of God. Heaven on earth. The establishment of the kingdom of heaven in this world now. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Both of these parables are indicating to us through the actions of the two characters involved in the stories that, that we, we need to let go. We need to do everything that we possibly can to secure that treasure. I mean, there's another common action with both of these characters, isn't there? One of them finds it by chance, but, but his actions uh, give evidence that he, he understands what he's found. He goes away and he sells everything and buys the field. Everything goes. The pearl trader goes away, sells all of his collection of pearls, gets rid of everything because he's now discovered the ultimate. What does that mean for us today? Well, Jesus isn't saying, is he? Go and sell everything that you've got. If you could buy heaven, if you could buy access to this kingdom, I would suggest that all of us should leave this room tonight or, or even just let's stop talking right now. If you could buy the kingdom of heaven, we should just leave now, get out there, get together everything that we've got and just sell it, just whatever we can get for it. You know, we should, the last thing that we should keep is a computer 
so that we can still access eBay to sell the last final bits, so that we can get everything that we can possibly collect and buy the kingdom of heaven, if that's what, if that's what Jesus meant. But of course he didn't, did he? He's talking about a spiritual treasure. He's saying that, that the kingdom of heaven is of such value that we should, we should sacrifice everything. In other words, nothing in our spiritual lives, in our, in our day-to-day uh, physical, tangible lives, nothing should be held back to avoid us holding on to the treasure of the kingdom of heaven. He, he's saying, look, you, you need to understand. Both of these men understood what they found. One understood something that he tripped over. One understood something that he had been searching for a long time. But they understood treasure. They understood that they'd found something of inestimable value. Now, that has, that has profound implications for us day by day, doesn't it? Do, do, we, do we continue to see that belonging in the kingdom of heaven is that valuable? <laughs> do we see that being part of the kingdom of, the, of heaven, being part of the kingdom of Jesus that he established when he came to this world, is that valuable? Nothing is worth more. Nothing. That's at least what we should see from these two parables. That nothing is worth more. And yet, don't we, don't we continue to use other things, other securities, other treasures to, to kind of prop up our satisfaction? What, what might it be? I would say it's different for all of us. Every one of us have got a different kind of treasure. Every one of us has got something which we think is going to make us more secure, more happy, more content in this world than belonging to the kingdom of heaven. It might be financial, it might be relational, uh, it might be uh, being recognized, being um, seen by other people, being acknowledged, it might be being valued by somebody. It might be many different things. It might be the fact that I have the intellectual ability to secure and protect my future. It might be that my sense of worth, my sense of being, uh, my own sort of self, self-respect, the, the, the kind of the ego, the, the fact that other people think well of me. There, there are so many different things and, and all of us are on a, on a spectrum where there are different things that we hold on to more than the kingdom of heaven. But these two parables are saying you need to understand, let go of everything. Just get rid of it. Just, just don't hold on to it anymore because, because the kingdom of heaven is about something of the beauty and value and worth of heaven placed in this world, secured in this world, by Jesus. We don't see it all. We don't see all of that kingdom. But we can at least be part of it now. And therefore let go of anything that is going to be a hindrance to, to valuing it. The second thing that we see then. Uh, first we see it's a treasure. Second thing that we see is that we can understand and we can see that. 
in two different ways. I, I find these two parables absolutely fascinating. It just reminds me that people, people understand, people come to the kingdom of heaven from so many different directions. <laughs> well, it's pretty plain, isn't it? The stories that Jesus tells are pretty simple, straightforward. He says you can, you can find treasure when you're not looking for it. You can just suddenly find it. You're walking along, you're making your journey from A to B, and then you trip over, you look down, and there it is. Life-changing sums of money that have just caught your sandal. That's what Jesus was saying to the, to the hearers of the day. You didn't expect it. You were just going about your daily business. The second one, the second story, is about somebody who goes out to find it. But they both recognize treasure, don't they? What's that saying to us? Why is the first one of the same value as the second one? Wouldn't you think? Doesn't it seem right to you that somebody who goes out and, and really searches for it and, and finds it and discovers it and says, this is what I've been looking for all of this time. Don't, doesn't it just seem as though they would value it more? rather than somebody who just stumbles over it? Well, I think what Jesus is saying is this. Both of them knew that they needed treasure. <laughs> One of them was just going about life, and then he saw something which answered all of the questions of life, answered all of the issues the other one was just out there desperately seeking for it. One of the great privileges of being involved in, in, in ministry and working uh, with people, particularly as they're coming to faith in Jesus, is that you see the whole different perspective of where people come from. There are many people who just, they don't know that they're looking. I guess that's what the first story is about. It's somebody who's just going about life. They don't even realize that they're looking. But when they find treasure, they know what it is. Now, I don't know, I don't know what, my, uh, what, what I would have done if I'd have found this Saxon hoard of treasure. I, I would hope I'm bright enough to recognize that this is gold and, and, and of some worth. But, but maybe, maybe this guy Terry was, was a bit of a, an enthusiast in, in ancient items. You know, he'd spent, he'd spent the past... Uh, 18 years, digging up Coke cans, hoping to find something of worth. He's probably poured over literature. He's looked at books. He, he's been just committed to it. He would, he would look at it and say, wow, this is special from the first moment. But you know, it doesn't take somebody with that kind of in-depth searching knowledge to know that this is something of value. You know, I, I, think, I think I could have seen that something that with a little bit of a rub is kind of yellow and shiny. <laughs> I think I would have enough, enough nous to say, this is life-changing. And that is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, look, you need to understand that we come, all of us, we engage first with the kingdom of heaven, some of us, without even realizing that we're looking without even realizing that we know that there is treasure to be found. 
we, we know it deep down. We kind of know that, that all of the treasure that we currently have isn't satisfying, isn't of worth, isn't ultimately delivering what we need, what we want, what we hope for. But we don't know what we're looking for until we sudden, suddenly just trip over it. And wham! The message of Jesus comes in and speaks to us with power. And we realize this is treasure. And you know the amazing thing about that is, as we talk in this way, there will be many people, maybe some in here this afternoon, who are just, just hearing it, and it's just not treasure. It's just not treasure. It's not precious. It's not of worth. It's not valuable. I just trip over it, look at it, give it a bit of a rub and carry on walking on the journey. But for some people, they trip over it and they see this is what I've been looking for. I didn't know it. I hadn't seen it before. You know, friends, that, that takes something more than just a simple discovery on our part. That takes for God to open up our hearts, to prepare our consciences, to prepare our inner being, so that when we trip over something fresh, something new, that just hits us and we say, that's the answer. <laughs> and that's what happens. And I've had the privilege of being able to talk to people that it's happened in just that way. Many of you have had the privilege of talking to people. In just that way, they suddenly discover it. The second one is very different, isn't it? Very different. He knows what he's looking for. But in a sense, he doesn't know what he's looking for, does he? In a sense, he doesn't know what he's looking for. <laughs> he, knows, he knows he's looking for a pearl. But have you ever asked yourself, how does he know that he's found the pearl that he's been looking for? How does, how do you, how does this merchant know that there isn't another one around the corner in the next dealership, which is just that bit bigger and just that bit brighter. Just that bit better. How does he know this is the one? I think that Jesus is making exactly the same point in this one. The first one trips over it and knows that it's treasure. The second one has been searching for something and when he finds it, he just knows this is the one. You know, in a sense, there are many people that they've been involved with different philosophies, different religions, and all of those different philosophies, all of those different religions, each of them carry elements of truth. Each of them carry something of worth. I think every religion in the whole world, in the whole of history, has had something of worth to it because we're all striving for the one. We, we, each religion takes a little piece of something good. The rest of it's a mess. The rest of it's a de disaster. But there's something good. Uh, and yet when we find the kingdom of heaven, when, when faith in Jesus suddenly breaks into our lives, that's it. We suddenly realize this is the answer. This is the treasure. This is the one. You know, I, I don't need to carry on looking. I, don't, I just don't need to carry on looking. I've found it. 
this is the answer. And so, and so Jesus is encouraging us to realize not to be discouraged. We can come from many different directions, but at the end of the day, it's one treasure. <laughs> it's one valuable thing, the kingdom of heaven. The possibility of relationship with God, relationship with Jesus in this world in preparation for an eternity with him. Where, where if you like, the, 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 the kind of clouds are swept away. There's, there's an advert for Sky News at the moment where everybody is walking around in a mist. And uh, the, the kind of uh, there's different scenes where people are, they're not quite getting the whole story because they're walking around in a mist. I think it's a great picture of what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like. We're kind of in a mist now. We're in the story. Are you in the story? Are you in the story of the kingdom of heaven? Because there is going to come a time where in a moment the, the mist is going to be blown away and it will become clear. It will become clear what the kingdom of heaven is really like. The fact that it really is true uh, relational presence with God through faith. That we'll, we'll no, we will no longer need to rely on faith. Isn't that a wonderful thing? We'll no longer need to rely on faith because we'll see it. <laughs> we'll see him. All the mist will be blown away. We'll no longer have to rely on, on faith to say, implanted by God, faith to say, I, I really believe that you are there. I really, really believe that things that I can't see are true. It'll just be blown away. And then we'll see it. One of the things that we finally just want to close on, on here is this. Both of these men, in each of the stories, however they come to the treasure whether they trip over it or whether they've been searching, one of the things that we see is they both stop searching at that point. Yes, they take action. They, it becomes personal to them. That, that's, that's one of the first steps. It becomes personal. It's not an interesting fact. They make life changes. They go and sell things. They, they let go of everything else to secure the one. It becomes personal to them. But then they stop searching. They found it. They're there. I, find, I found what I've been looking for. I found what I didn't even realize I was looking for. But now I've found it. I know that I was. And, and you know the story. It goes cycling around, doesn't it? I've just got it. This is it. And there's a challenge there, isn't there? Because we, by nature need to be reminded that we found the treasure. If we, if, we, if we have come to faith in Jesus, if we are part of the kingdom of heaven, we need to be reminded again and again and again and again, stop searching. Stop looking. You've found it. We've found it. It's the ultimate treasure. There's nothing better. That's it. It's as good as it gets, and it, and it doesn't get any better. Well, it does actually, but we'll see that in eternity. It's, it's as good as it ever will be. It's just that we'll see it better. But don't we need to be reminded, stop searching. Don't we continue to, to doubt that treasure? Don't we continue to hold on to a bit of security in other things? Don't we find that we drift back to, to hoping in something else? Don't we need to be reminded, let go. 
Let go of those other things. Let go of those things that you think are your securities. Hold on to the real treasure that has been just been dropped in front of you, whether you've just, by God's grace, walked into the right dealership finally and you've found the perfect pearl and you just know that it's true or whether you've just been walking across a field and whoops, that's it, you've found it. Realize that you found the treasure. What is the treasure? The kingdom of heaven. Who's it secured by? Who is it introduced by? What's the big story that Matthew is again and again trying to tell us? It's secured by Jesus. He came, he established it. He's the king of that kingdom. We become citizens of his kingdom. We become members of his family. We come under his rule, under his governance. We come under his protection. Uh, We carry the passport of eternity. That's the kingdom that we're in. Don't we need to be reminded? Just stop looking. Stop looking. We found the kingdom. And maybe you you might be thinking, wow, is that really true? Is that what the kingdom can be like? Can it be that precious? Then maybe maybe my encouragement right now to you at this point is, you need to realize You might have been somebody just walking across the fields. You now need to become the merchant. You now need to start searching. And let me just encourage you. You know, have you ever been on one of those shopping trips where you just go, it seems like every one is like this for me. You go into every shop and it's it's always, well, it's bound to be the last shop where you finally find something, isn't it? Because that's where you buy it. But, But you seem to go, let me just cut out all of that. Let me just say that the greatest treasure, the kingdom of heaven, is found in Jesus. Let me save you a lot of work. Let me point you in the direction of where the great treasure is. Let me save you a lot of effort. Jesus is the one who came to establish a kingdom which is of inestimable value. Why? Because it's unique. Its durability is beyond gold. It will, it will last beyond this world. It is eternal. It is pure and perfect. And it is found in Him. 